1: FOSS CORPORATION, LLC.
0: I was really lonely. And I would go across the street. There was this, this big wooded area and this lake. I would try to catch minnows in the stream and entertain myself. I found a stray cat, and I would talk to the cat as if the cat was my friend, and it was really pitiful. I mean, looking back at the time, I guess, it was a sad time for me, really, really lonely. But then Nancy came along, and it was so wonderful. I went to the woods, to the lake, again, as usual, after school, and then I, I heard something. There was a really pretty girl with long hair. She was by herself, and she was walking towards me. And when she got all the way up to the stream, she stopped, and she said, what you doing? Fishing for minnows. I was shy. I didn't know how to act with another kid my age. What's your name? She said her name was Nancy. We hung out that day, and I kept it inside. I didn't want her to know how desperate I was for a friend, but I was so happy. I couldn't believe that I had found somebody in my neighborhood to hang out with, and I didn't want her to go home. <laughs> this one particular day, I asked her if she wanted to come to my house to have dinner. And she said, sure. It was just about dinner time and we walked in and I told my mom that I had met a friend and she was so happy. I said, is it okay if she stays for dinner? And she said, sure. And then we went to the dinner table and everybody was already there and they were you know, starting to sit down and serve plates. And so she went and got another chair from the dining room and pulled it up to the table for Nancy and Nancy sat down. And then we started to get served. And my mom said, should we wait for Nancy? And I said, Nancy, she's right here. (laughs) And I realized they couldn't see her. My mom said, Donna, you're, you're joking around. When's Nancy coming? And I was just silent the rest of dinner because I wasn't sure what to make of that. I was seven years old. I guess they thought maybe I was playing with them. But then after that, every day, when Nancy was around, they they started seeing that I wasn't joking. Nancy never talked about why she couldn't be seen by anybody else. She just shrugged her shoulders. and we moved on to the next thing we were going to talk about. I tried not to think about it because I enjoyed having Nancy to play with. I wasn't lonely anymore and she was really nice. She was just a normal kid to me. My family did indulge me. They knew that kids sometimes have imaginary friends. Don't sit there and don't get in the car. Nancy's getting in and you're gonna step on Nancy. It was starting to get to the point where it was enough for my parents. It was a day like every other day when Nancy was around and she was spending the night with me that night. We were just laying on my bed and, you know, we were whispering the way kids do and it was past my bedtime. My dad was in the, in the den reading, and I didn't want him to hear because I didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but my dad kept coming back to my bedroom. Donna, go to bed and get you sleep. Saying, it's bedtime, that's enough. And Nancy and I would keep giggling, you know, the way girls do. sleep young lady we started getting a little bit louder nancy wasn't tired and i wasn't tired either we were just having fun i could hear my dad coming back again so we both rolled over and pretended like we were asleep and he, he opened the door and he was really upset i told you five times now to go to bed and i'm hearing you in here giggling there's nobody here. I said, but dad, Nancy, and when I said Nancy, he just, he just exploded. There is, there no, is Nancy. no Nancy. I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll go to bed. And he said, no, no, there's, there's no one no here. here. It's enough already with this Nancy. And he said, this has got to end. And my dad looked around the room and said, Nancy, Nancy, it's time for you to go. I want you to leave now. And I don't want you to come back. And I was just, I was really upset, and I started crying. And Nancy was really sad. I can't think of a time that Nancy was ever sad and she was just weeping, this quiet, really sad cry. She got off the bed really slowly and she was wiping her tears away and I told her not to go. She said she had to. And I was, it was so upsetting. I just, I laid back down and I buried my face in the pillow and I was crying. I looked around and she had left. She wasn't there anymore. The next morning, I went to meet everybody at the breakfast table before school and everybody was already there. Everybody was really quiet and I could tell something was very wrong. Donna. And my dad, he said, Donna, did Nancy have long blonde hair and wear a, a, a white gauzy dress? Nobody had ever asked me what she looked like before. Nobody cared about my dumb imaginary friend, but he described her perfectly. And I said, yeah, that's exactly what Nancy looks like. And my dad just went completely ashen and told me that he had seen Nancy. And I said, oh, well, where is she? You know? Then he told me that after he shut my door the night before, that he had gone back to the den and continued reading his book. then he heard a noise and he he leaned over and looked down the hall and a little girl with long blonde hair and this gauzy dress was coming from my bedroom walking down the hall and walked right past him and she was crying and he watched her walk to the front door down the hall and just faded into the front door. She never, she didn't come around anymore and I was alone again. (laughs) I guess it dawned on me later but i didn't notice at the time was that nancy never picked anything up or moved anything around she was just there i always would open doors for her she mostly would meet me outside my my mom and dad decided to look into the history of where our house sat and they went to the library and they were researching old records and they eventually found a record an old record from a couple of hundred years before where there was a young girl who was seven years old who had drowned in the lake across the street The dress that she was wearing fit from that time period, and her name was Nancy, and she was the same age. They knew that 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 was her. I think I was for her the same thing she was for me. We were both lonely. I think she was probably lonely too, and I was somebody she could play with. I don't know what I would have been like If she hadn't come around, I don't really know. I'd rather remember her as just a real little girl. I don't like thinking about the other. Hi, this is Deborah LeBlanc, author of Witch's Fury, and you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter.
1: Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, September 18th, 2023, episode 305. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, as always, glad to be back in the hot seat. As far as announcements are concerned, we have none. Everything's nice and smooth over here at the network. I'm still waiting for uh, something to hit the fan, right? (laughs) But I like it this way. Nice and smooth. Other than that, yeah, fall is here. We have some fall weather, but it's still going to get warm here and there. And... Of course, Halloween's coming up. Can't wait. But that's it. Yeah, short and sweet. We're going to do more listener stories yet again. We're putting a big dent in the backlog, but we still have plenty left. And if you have a experience you want to share with the world, merely send it to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. Let's get the show on the road. You guys know what that means, right? Oh, yeah. Come on. Say it with me. Say it with me. That's right. Two... The story then follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and the fans are still on. Keeping it nice and cool in here. Go ahead and grab a beanbag over there in the corner and also finish off the popsicles. We're almost done. Find an empty spot on the floor. And while you guys are doing that, get me on my desk here as always, ah, get nice and comfy. i will print off Britt's packet. Let's see what store she's uh, picked out for us today. Let's see here. Okay. All right, we have uh, two short ones and a medium one. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, so good when it has to lips. All right, the first one. This one is by Dirt, and it's titled Experiences. Okay, Dirt, let's see what you got, man. I have always wondered why those that are sensitive, or those that happen to just experience a supernatural event, experience them so individually. Some people see black and white entities, others in color. Some have been able to speak to them, or hear disembodied voices as clear as day. I find this to be such a strange phenomenon regarding the human senses. I ponder if it's due to the fact that entities are just as spontaneous or meaningful in their decisions as they were when alive, or if it is dependent on the abilities of the living. Both my mother and I have had experiences with entities for a very long time, both starting in childhood and continuing onward, though there is a particular difference in our experiences. My mother has seen solid apparitions in full color while I have only seen clear ones. When my mother and father went on a trip when I was a little girl, they were staying at a hotel. One night, my mother woke up and saw two solid apparitions of what looked like men from the 1800s. My mother described them as looking like farmers or miners because they had overalls on. She still is not sure of the time period they could have come out of. One man was African-American, and the other was Caucasian. They never looked at my mother. They just kept looking out the window. She pulled the blanket over her head, and when she looked back, they were gone. For me, personally, I've only seen apparitions in entities that were shadow figures or clear And most of my experiences have been through hearing disembodied voices, being touched, and feeling the atmosphere of a room suddenly change. I haven't seen an apparition in years. Why is it that contact with the paranormal is experienced so differently? Is it down to ability, situation, or what the entity wants to reveal? Is it all the above? Love RPA! And man, that's uh, from Dirt Dirt. Thank you very much for sharing. You know, that's uh, that's very interesting. Uh, You know, I'm no expert. I don't know. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I like the last sentence that you have here. You know, is it um, comes down to the person's ability or just the situation? Or maybe the entity can reveal itself when it wants to. I don't know. That's a very good question. If anyone out there who's listening who has uh, some insight into this, yeah, send me an email. Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and, you know, I'll read it, and maybe on the next episode, I'll, you know, I'll let everyone else uh, hear what you have to say. All right. Yeah, Dirt, thank you very much for uh, sending that in. Yeah, there's so many uh, questions in the, uh, you know, the paranormal field. Sometimes you just don't have the answers all right what's next what do we got this one is by force and it's titled the vision okay force let's see what you got man 33 years ago my parents bought a new house when i was three they had two more children and still live there to this day my parents and us three kids live there happily it's been a great family home i don't think it's haunted and I'm quite skeptical, but this is an account my sister told me. To this day, it fascinates me. One evening, my sister invited a friend to spend the night. They were in the living room, chatting, catching up. The living room is a good size, with sofas against the walls either side and an oak table in the middle, a TV in the corner and a lovely big open fireplace. It was quite late at night, and as they were chatting and catching up, my sister and her friend stopped mid-conversation, and one said to the other, Do you see that? And apparently, they could both see a figure standing to the left of the fireplace. He just appeared. They could describe what he was wearing, trousers and a maroon jumper. And as they looked up, my sister said she recognized him to be our grandfather. She then said, he just simply vanished. They were obviously shocked at this point and pretty much called it a night. The thing is, they both saw this. I have a lot of questions myself, and I'm mad I didn't see this, as not only would it have been nice to see my grandfather once more, he passed about 20 years ago, And this occurred soon after. But the fact that they both saw a figure, I just can't get my head around this. Thank you for reading. And that's from Forrest. Forrest, thank you very much for sharing. That's a great story. Uh, Yeah. You know, uh, you old timers out there, you know this. And I say this quite often that I love stories like this where, you know, you have multiple people that see the same thing or experience the same thing. You know, it kind of gives it uh, credibility, validation. You know, you're not by yourself, sleepy. Uh, you might be seeing things, you know, trick of the eye, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I always like it when there's uh, other people involved. Yeah, this uh, this happens soon after your grandfather died. Well, yeah, we get stories like that all the time. Loved ones, after they passed, um, they show up. Sometimes the very next day, sometimes the very day that they're buried sometimes a year later. You just don't know. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not that unusual. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much for sharing. Loved it. All right. What's next? What do we got? This one is by Silk, and it's titled The Wardrobe. Okay, Silk, let's see what you got, man. Until I was eight years old, I lived with my parents and younger sister in an old Victorian house. As long as I can remember, there were always paranormal events in this house, such as footsteps on the landing, doors closing by themselves, etc., etc. But as my parents were aware of the happenings and felt no threat, neither did me or my sister, and we grew up accepting it. My mother often told the story of how. When she lived alone in the house, before she married my father, she always used to see the ghost of a little girl when she was watching TV in the living room. This little girl used to appear and sat beside her on the sofa on more than one occasion. Unfortunately, she never elaborated on anything more than that. I remember when I was around six or seven years old, myself and my sister were hanging upside down off one of the sofas in the living room. This sofa was at an angle that was facing the living room door. I remember hanging upside down and seeing a man standing in the doorway. He was tall, with brown curly hair, and wore glasses, uh, dressed in a brown jacket and trousers. As opposed to my father, who isn't that tall, has short hair, and never has worn glasses. I felt no threat by him, and upon seeing him, standing there, thought nothing of it. Needless to say, he had vanished when I turned myself the right way up. It was strange because I never felt scared in the house up until my parents decided to move. It was as if, once the decision had been made to put the house up for sale, a light switch flicked on. Now, the upstairs to the house was quite simple you go up the stairs to the top to a landing. The bathroom is on the left, and down the rest of the landing, on the right, were three bedrooms. One day, me and my sister were playing hide-and-seek. I went and hid in my wardrobe in my bedroom. I thought it was a brilliant hiding place until I heard a loud female voice in my ear. I can't remember what she said, but I do remember that it sounded like a snippet of a conversation from a time long gone. I shot out of the wardrobe as fast as I could. From then on, I got a bad feeling about the upstairs in that house. It eventually got to the point where I couldn't go up there by myself. The feeling that something scary was up there was far too strong for my liking. Nothing else happened to me, but the ominous invisible presence that I could feel upstairs was enough. Whether my parents or sister felt it as well, I don't know, as I've never asked. Happily, we move soon after to a newer, less haunted house. Love the listener stories. And that's from Silk. Silk, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. I loved it. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I spoke about this uh, in the past, the uh, the old timers out there. You know, I say this once in a while. uh, There are people out there that the house is haunted, but it doesn't bother them. And whatever's there doesn't bother, you know doesn't uh, scare them so they uh they actually kind of like it you know it's it's a house that has a uh, some novelty to it <laughs> but yeah that's kind of interesting when you uh when your parents decided to sell the house all of a sudden this thing shows up it's kind of odd but um yeah it just didn't feel right but it looks like it didn't do anything except for um you can hear it talking about uh, something as you said, a conversation of sorts. Yeah, great story. Thanks again. And, well, that's it, guys. That's all the stories we have today. Yeah, a little bit uh short, but hey, great stories, as always. And also, yet another friendly reminder that if you have something to share, just send it to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at com, and I'll read it off in a future episode. And remember, on Fridays, two short films are released. So don't miss out on those. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britain, and it's also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you, and good night.